You're listening to Free Indeed Radio, the podcast from Free Indeed Ministries. Today on Free Indeed Radio. Um, you do come with the judgment. You come judging the fact that they don't know Christ and you do. And you're going to give them Christ in the way they have to receive it. And if they don't receive it that way, then they are the ones who lose. So therefore, you've taken the place of God to mete out the salvation of the cross. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon and John. Hello, and welcome back to Free Indeed Radio. I'm Brandon. And I'm John. And we're going to talk about things. That sounds like a great idea. So what do you want to talk about today? Hello. <laughs> Can you sing a song for us it's first? It's amazing place and we went with mm. love. <laughs> and with love. That's what we need to talk about is the love of Jesus. Love of Jesus, yes. Yeah, Jebus is love. And we know that. <laughs> yes. Oh. So... Are you starting this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. Okay, great. The world shall know. There is humor with God. And I think people forget that. They get so tied up with, you know, trying to be religiously right and, and, and filtered through denominational uh, ways of doing things and rules. And I think people forget to have fun with God and to live uh in that joy and in that excitement, you know, the freedom that we have in him. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a problem with living in that freedom. I, I know I was that guy before, you know, I, I fell into that. And that's part of why I stayed away from the church so long as I, I hated that. But I didn't know why until I really found grace and found that freedom to be happy and joyful and OK to share and live for Christ. Yeah. God laughs. It's okay he does. Laugh. Yeah, that's it. So there's there's kind of been this good thing going around. Well, not this thing going around. It's really <laughs> a movement, the the grace movement, the grace revolution. And we were What what would you say that what kind of part that we play in that? I think we're the messengers. Hmm. I think that we've been brought up and we've grown and we've flowered and and all those things. And now we get to deliver that, that Hmm. message. So there's a, I don't know. Should we, should we talk, I, I guess about the church or should we talk about just generally? Just generally, mm-hmm. not specifically so I, this one. Well, the I mean the church. Oh yes, yes. So the the church itself, nowadays with with Western culture, has kind of has made up its own version of salvation. It really has. Right. And it's it, it's funny with grace, how how grace really takes your pointer finger away. <laughs> I was telling somebody about that, and what I mean by that specifically is grace. When we when we talk to each other, says you don't need to condemn somebody to hell to preach the gospel to them. 
Jesus says that he, I, I have not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And um, let's talk about the Romans road specifically. That's a, yeah, I'm with you there, Brandon, because I'll be honest with you, through my growing up uh, and my time in the church, I never really understood what that was. I always heard people refer to it, and so I really thought that there was like a road that they went on, like Paul's road to Damascus, where it was a real road or something. Well, I always thought there was this road, and I was supposed to follow it, and there would be some sort of signs along the way to tell me what to do. And to be perfectly honest, I never really memorized the uh, the way that the, the denomination wanted it to be told. It was never something that I said, okay, well, here's what they say is what you have to do. And so now I have to remember that, and I have to have these little check marks while I'm witnessing to somebody. I, I just never got that, and I never really connected with it. And honestly, I'm glad I didn't because it kept me disconnected from, uh, and I don't want to offend anybody, but it kept me disconnected from denominational rules and laws and, and ways of thinking that really aren't totally scriptural. And remember, a, a little bit of a lie is still a lie, even though you're mixing it with a whole lot of truth. Mm-hmm. So I actually have the the Romans road pulled up right here. So it's Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And I believeth. Romans 5, 8, 9. Uh, but God commands his... Oh, God displays his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath, from wrath through him. Mm-hmm. In Romans 3, 22 and 26, through 26, even... The righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time in his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in Jesus. Oh, man, it's a mouthful. So, like, I want to point out that there is good stuff in the Romans Road. There is, I mean, uh, it, obviously it's made, it's made from Scripture, but... Mm-hmm. What what are you really doing when you take somebody down the Romans road? I let kind of want to yeah, go through that because I think what when you say what you just said, I see it as there's a lot of truth there, and it's a lot of great principle living, and in its right place, pre uh, salvation and after salvation, or in your relationship with Christ, I think it leads you on a really wonderful path of 
uh, leading you to grace and understanding that things aren't going to change just because you got saved, as in, um, you know, Christ's love for you isn't going to be any less like, oh, now you're here, so just relax and I'll see you later. So, you know, he keeps building and building on Mm -hmm. his grace there and and what it's talking about. Right. But I think the point that I wanted to uh, really illustrate is the fact that it walks you through, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. Yeah, and that's your opening? <laughs> yeah, that literally, that is the that is the opening, and that is taught as the opening to the Romans road of salvation. And the church has gone through and made this whole, you, may, you better walk somebody through this entire checklist, because if you don't tell them that one, they're destined for hell, at some point in, in when you're preaching the gospel to them. Two, that they're sinners. And three, that sin leads to death. And in this case, they don't go into whether it's spiritual death or physical death. Right. They just kind of say death. And usually they talk about that in the context of eternal separation from God being hell. And um, <laughs> that is, yeah, that's the opening. That's what you start with. And how it's, effective is that in communicating yeah, it love? It, that, that, that seems very painful, Brandon, to start the conversation with how much you're I mean, gonna be, you could be condemned. Well, I just don't see the cross in that. I, I don't see the crown of thorns in that. I, I don't see the lashes he took for that. Well, more than that, I would, I would ask, where ever did Paul go through something like that? Even when he yeah. called out Felix... In his immoral lifestyle, he didn't say that you're destined for hell and that you're a sinner. You know, he didn't. Right. He didn't necessarily do that. I just, it, it baffles me how people can can say, unless you, you, the goal has become to get somebody to pray a prayer, right? To just say these words in front of you so you can check them off the list. Yeah. It's about the 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 paradigm has been about getting somebody to confess their sins and accept Christ and this, that, and the other thing. And you completely throw out everything that they could have been experiencing in their life up to that point. They may have already had some sort of a relationship with God, and maybe now is your opportunity to bring them to the full freedom that Jesus Christ gives us in relationship with God as as the Father, because we can't know, we cannot know Jehovah, you know, Yahweh as Father apart from Jesus, because Jesus is the only one who knew him as Father. Right. Even back in the right. old days, Israel was not allowed to pray, my Father. It always had to be our Father. They were not allowed to refer to him as my father and Jesus came to take that away from the law to take the power of the law out of their hands you know as, as to to take that that separation away that they put there and so this whole Romans road idea just really it it takes it takes a huge steaming dump on on God's grace and it takes it takes it, it it, it takes his his power mm-hmm. and how big he really is away from from God and away from that person because you don't know we can, we it says that in Romans I think was it seven or or nine that we're not 
to judge anybody less to that amount we'd be judged and that's i know that this is slightly different context but still we ultimately don't know whether or not somebody has come to that eternal saving faith in god and one of my one example that i really want to bring out is abraham abraham was a pagan worshiping in a foreign land there was no israel yet and yet paul says that his faith was counted to him as righteousness and that so that flies in the face of all of our ability to point fingers <laughs> he was a pagan worshiping other gods in a foreign land and yes uh yahweh our father pulled him out of there and you know set set him on a different path but he still responded to that revelation and faith right and it was that response in that moment that god counted like you said so he was a he didn't believe before then he did and then he doubted and mm-hmm. yet what did god do he's did exactly what he says he would do he is faithful and he doesn't turn away i think though as far as judgment is concerned i think you do have something there if you come to somebody who uh, you're going to use this practice, this religious practice, because that's what we've turned it into now. You've taken the book of Romans and turned it into a religious requirement uh, in order to have some sort of conversation about Christ. Um, you do come with the judgment. You come judging the fact that they don't know Christ and you do, and you're going to give them Christ in the way they have to receive it. And if they don't receive it that way, then they are the ones who lose. So therefore, you've taken the place of God to mete out the salvation of the cross. Mm-hmm. And I think whenever you put the scripture into a requirement and a list and all of this kind of stuff, it becomes religion. And when you add religion, you're under law. And Jesus himself said, if you're going to mix the two, grace and law, then his words are of no effect. Mm-hmm. These words become, and this is why people don't respond well to this, and this is why the religious people you know, that are my age or maybe older, or people mm-hmm. who believe in this, they aren't getting the responses they need, and they don't react well to the grace message that we have because right. it's a religious thing mixed with law, and now it's of little or no effect. Right. If this kind of a thing was effective to lay out these certain points that everybody, these checkpoints that you have to cross off, (laughs) then it would be really effective. It It, would be easy too, wouldn't it, Brandon? You just walk up and say, oh, here, let me read this to you. And everybody would go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. What people forget is that grace is attractive to sinners. They flock to it. (laughs) They flock to grace because people want grace. And I remember uh, kind of a side conversation I was hearing about this specifically this woman's lesbian's lover's heart was affected by this by this particular woman so, uh, sorry hang the, the the woman had a sister who was a lesbian and that her her sister's partner wanted to be involved in church and literally that woman was the only uh connection to Christ that she would really ever had it ever had that was positive and she went through this huge laundry list of all these times that the church had just decimated her 
And like was that for being lesbian? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm with you. <clears throat> and just think, somebody with that kind of a laundry list, if you came to them with the Romans road, what are you doing? You're just heaping their sin back on top of that person and there's there's really no grace. You lead with the sin and you yeah, you end with salvation, but like what kind what kind of a what have you really done to that person? I I believe that you have just essentially guilted them into in, into a religious club and you haven't really shown them the freedom that Christ gives. And this is with the assumption, Brandon, that we're actually going to get them to that prayer, that this way of teaching... Or that having to get them to that prayer was essential for them to be going to heaven. Exactly. Oh, so well put. Because again, like you had stated earlier, we don't know their relationship with God. You don't know if they haven't had revelation along the way, if they haven't been praying, I was telling you that I, I know someone who uh, does not attend church, and I invited him to Free Indeed, and he said, well, you know, I, I have my own walk with God, my own way of believing in God, and I'm praying, and I know he's answering my prayers. Well, the gentleman is gay, and he lives in the lifestyle, but he knows God. Now, who am I to judge what that means? I am not. And I certainly don't need to sit down with him and hit him with all of this, mm -hmm. some checkmark list of whatever it is, um, because I get it in context in the place that it belongs. It is not contextual in this laundry list of what you must do to get someone saved. It is absolutely, in my opinion, absolutely wrong. And if I were to hit my friend with this he would never trust me when it comes to a conversation about god because this is what he's always heard and he doesn't want to hear it mm -hmm. when i offered him to come and get to know people who were like-minded and people who were not even in the lifestyle yet were like-minded in that they can relate to him because they understand what grace is in the mind of any human being that's where he was attracted mm -hmm. that's where he said Maybe I can find the time. Maybe I should get to know people. And maybe I can trust somebody who is in a church um, and isn't out to condemn me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And w one point that you kind of, that you touched on was, <clears throat> was one that I really want to drive home that I believe is absolutely true. And that is you cannot ever judge whether or not somebody knows God or not. Or Christ, or or, or know, Christ for in for a that salvation matter. Way, yeah. And uh, for 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 clarification, salvation itself has like in Christ six different uh, facets alone. Like uh, salvation from sin, the old man, from the power, the presence. You know, it's you know, and the, there and temporal things. Right. I'm not sure that. That coming to Christ specifically, having already known the Father and then coming to Christ, if you already believed in God at some point, here, let me, let me go this way. In Acts, when Paul was ministering to, I think it was the, the Greeks, or I need to have this stuff handy, but they have all these different 
um, shrines and idols and stuff like that. And there's one that has the inscription to the unknown God. Paul says, Of this God which you worship in ignorance. These people are worshiping God. But he says, Him I proclaim to you. I know his name. Right. They were worshiping Jehovah and they didn't even know it. Yeah. Who's to say that because they are worshiping God, albeit in a, you know, a little bit of a distorted way because their their vision isn't quite correct, and then God God sends Paul, "Hey, this is this is his name." And here's the rest of the package. He came and died to have relationship with you. Right. You know? Yeah. And why not just there? Why not just leave it there? You know, Paul, in this whole in this whole uh, conversation he has with these people, doesn't say anything about how sinful they are. He doesn't no. come and try to, he doesn't say that they're wrong. He doesn't. Not to say that, you know, when somebody brings you something and says, well, this is truth, blah, 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 blah. Um, well, no, nah, two plus two does not equal five, you know? Right. We do have to stand on, on truth. But Paul isn't a jerk about it. He, he does, he polishes the gold and leaves the dirt. And that's such, that's such a hard thing for people to grasp. Well, once again, though, he saw what they were doing and he said, let me put a name to this. But he took the time um, and, and he himself says that he takes the time, that he becomes all things to all people so that some may be saved. So he took the time to get to know who this unknown God was and they could explain it to him. And then he was able to give the rest of the story. But they already had revelation, like mm-hmm. you were saying. And they had responded to that revelation. And responded. In faith. Right. So now you go to the message of Christ. I think what happens, Brandon, is people t- take too much thought into, I have to get them saved, versus I really want to get to know this person, and I want to let them see through me the love of Christ. They tried this Romans road and what, what you were just talking about, as I was listening to it, it's like, you know what? They're trying to cram the whole Bible into somebody's one conversation. Mm-hmm. And there's no need for that. Telling the truth, uh, we always tell the truth when we're telling about the love of Christ. Just because you don't go into all of these verses and talk of any kind of condemnation doesn't mean you're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the modern church, the Western church, really falls down in it. Well, and the thing that blows my mind even more is that Romans has nothing to do with eternity. Romans is all about walking in temporal here and now with Christ and all about your identity in Christ and all about the blessings that he rains down on you and the freedom from condemnation and all that. And taking somebody down this Romans road and having a checklist to get them over a mark that that you fabricated. Right. It's just silly. You put them back underneath the condemnation that you're trying to get them out from underneath. Yeah. And the all, in all likelihood that you're still underneath yourself. Well, just the, the one verse, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
what does that really mean to somebody <clears throat> if they don't know God? Mm -hmm. So, so why would you even talk about that? Maybe as your relationship with them builds and as you get, uh, as they come closer to God and he reveals himself to them, uh, that's the final step when they come back to you, maybe a, a, a month or a year later and say, you know what? I, I just want to know more. And, and I just feel like there's sin going on, but I'm not sure. And, and, it, but it seems like I'm the only one. And then you say, you know what? Everybody's sin. Everybody falls short, mm -hmm. but you don't have to worry about that because God has a promise for you. That's how this should be used. I don't, I, I at all agree that this should be your first statement with a stranger or a friend uh, without revelation of what their revelation of God is. Mm -hmm. Right, because if I go to somebody's house, if I go door to door, whatever, and I knock on someone's door and say they believe in God, they're not quite sure it's the God of the Bible, whatever, but, you know, I believe in a higher power and, okay, and, and, I, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Instead of just saying... Well, hey, you're wrong, but and but here's the right answer. Add Jesus to it. Hey, you know that higher power. You know that's you. You're right. There, there is a higher power, and but it's cool because he has a name. And you know, and what a cool witness. You know that. I mean, that just right there just took me so much farther. Uh, when I hit that resistance of, yeah, I, I already have my own way of thinking about God. Well, great. Let me tell you who you're thinking about and show you how much he loves you, even more than you maybe already understand, you know, and mm -hmm. enjoy the conversation and say, hey, well, maybe God sent me so that we could be together and talk about some really cool things that he's done for you and some great things he's done for me. Mm -hmm. And then when they're ready, <laughs> lead them to the cross. Right. Because... Personally, I don't see salvation from hell as the, the main theme of, of Scripture. The more I read realistically, the, the more I don't see that. I am with, I'm with you. <laughs> the more I see that that is just assumed in a relationship with God. Because remember, Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness. He did not know the name of Jesus at that point at all. So, you know, all these people who were very estranged, uh, Rahab the harlot living in Jericho, she responded to the revelation. She heard about Israel and that their God was, was taking back the land and she didn't want to get wrecked. And so she responded to that revelation in faith. She didn't know his name was, was Yahweh. She didn't know his, she didn't know any of that. She's just like, okay, there's a God. These guys know him. And I'm, I'm going to try and save my neck here and, and help these guys out because I don't want to be on the, on the business end of, of whatever's going on. Right. And that was counted to her as righteousness. She's one of the only women, uh, you know, in history who, who are just so revered. She was rev extra biblical text says that she was revered as a righteous woman till the day that she died. And let's be thankful for heavenly names because I'm sure that it would be horrible to go out through throughout eternity as Rahab the harlot. 
Mm. Uh, but <laughs> we have a new name uh, that's awaiting us. But two, and to that point, when Christ was on earth and he was walking around and when he was on his way to places, what does the Bible say? It always says that the people heard that he was going to be somewhere. They were receiving their own revelation of him, right? Mm -hmm. Word of mouth was spreading. So there was something happening and God was using that to fill these people's minds with his revelation of, of himself. And so they sought Christ just to be near him. They didn't know why. They just knew that if they went, something was going to happen mm -hmm. for them that was very significant. But we don't see that Christ turned around and had some Romans road and, and a great big prayer and, you know, or all of this. He just fed them and, and loved them and sent them away mm -hmm. with, as we've talked about, that, that salvation that, and that knowledge of who he is. It's the same thing with the apostles, too. You never, ever yeah. see them leading these people down some sort of a spe specific, you know, s steps to all these bases that they needed to cover to get to get the, the, the message communicated. It was always, Yehovah is the Lord. Jesus is his son. Believe on them. Accept what they've done for you. Like... Even the, the Ethiopian who was reading about the suffering servant on, on the way to Denver. I forget where he was going. But Philip was on the road, and he, he hears the guy reading out loud to him. We have no idea where, where this guy came from, but he's reading from Isaiah, and he's reading about the suffering servant. And so, does Philip go through and say, well, do you believe this, 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 and this, and this? No, he starts right off where where he is at he right. assumes the rest he assumes that the ethiopian has a relationship with with yahweh but through jesus he brings him to full salvation and that does not mean eternity that means temporal salvation knowing yehovah as father as abba and full salvation from guilt shame from our old man that we carry around daily, victory over sin, the ability to live according to the righteous standard that God has for us. And that would eventually, well, that would include uh, an eternal salvation because believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved is a wonderful thing. Yeah, s saved, but what kind of saved? Well, because we can we can we can assume if somebody has come to a point and responded to Christ, it doesn't necessarily mean that they weren't saved prior. Right. Well, and then you use believe the term on born the again too. So. Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You will be saved from what? That's that's the point. Jesus is the culmination the fulfillment of all that we right. cannot come to the to the saving grace of knowing knowing jehovah knowing yahweh as father without jesus christ we That's cannot right. have the relationship with him that is at that full depth of knowing him intimately without jesus that is perfectly clear but can we know
Jehovah? Can we know God? As he's revealed himself in creation, respond to that and end up in heaven? I believe so. I believe that. Well, and that goes into interpretation and so forth. And I think for this conversation, because that opens up another conversation, which is a great one, um, we're talking about this Roman road, Roman's road to salvation. And of course, in our arena, that means reaching out to people who are socially not acceptable to the family of faith, you know, the gays community, which goes, we are way, way beyond just gay community. That, that's not what we're about because there can be the same sex attracted mind sitting in the church. That's just as lost and people don't want to reach out to that. And then there's all that guilt and shame. This adds to, uh, that guilt and shame, and it forces people away. I think it it uh, condemns people away from God because it's not approached most of the time uh, with a sense of grace and love that Christ does bring, and it certainly doesn't give any opportunity for someone to have had any kind of revelation of God or Jesus, or maybe they were already with him, and, and they're that's just what I, that's lost. that's what I was talking about. Is, yeah, they're is just the lost right now. Assumptions, yeah, the assumptions that you're, you're putting on people right. by, if you don't go down this road, if you don't accept Christ, then you are not saved from hell. J- Abraham's faith in God is what was counted to him as righteousness. Faith in Jesus takes us even deeper into God himself. Right, and, and the provides idea that full is, salvation, and so th- that that whole paradigm is lost in something like the Romans Road. That whole it's a completely different paradigm in which you you say yourself, I have to take this person all along all these roads, and all these have to be checked. Otherwise, this person is not saved from hell. And yeah. how how do you know that? Sick is that? Yeah, that's twisted. But look at the state of the church. Look at the state of society, because they have believed that, and because this hasn't worked, the fighting and the battling. You know, this is why you have uh, uh, the the gay activism that you have, and why you have so many other uh, things that are activist against the church, because mm-hmm. they're tired of uh, the the condemnation, and they they would accept Christ if he was given in the way that he has given himself, which mm. is in love and freely and, and willing to die and then raise again. But that's not what's happened. It's turned into this battle. And then this is the just the latest of the battle lines that we work with, with people who want to tell us, if not for this, then you can't have anything with these people. Mm-hmm. And that, like you said, is absolutely insane. It goes, it flies in the face of every verse about salvation in the Bible, everything that talks about Christ's love, everything that talks about how salvation has visited you today when he said that to uh, uh, the tax collector. You know, this is just, there's too much left in this for the person who's going to deliver it to put their little stamp on it, to filter it through their religious belief, their denomination, their law, and well, that's and not you, what Christ is about. I think you you made a really, you put a nice stamp on it earlier when you said it just makes, it makes salvation a religious work. 
Yeah. It, doing this and not letting it be free-flowing relationship with God first, flowing out of you into somebody else, if it's not that, it's a creaking of a rusty gate, clanging cymbal, or banging gong. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't have love to it. And not to say, no, well, not to say that you're not doing it out of love, because this might be just something that somebody has only known all their life, and they've not really taken the time to well, un- yeah. to think about the yeah. position that it puts into somebody else. True. That's not fair to say. Yeah. So... But it, uh, but does it convey? What I'm talking about is, does it convey the love that we're talking about? The grace, the cross, does it convey that? I don't believe that. I'm not saying that they don't have the right heart, but I'm saying that they need to get out of that box, get out of this religious checklist mm-hmm. stuff, and get out of the law and get into grace. People find grace. My life is here today on this podcast only because of grace from one source, Mm -hmm. and that was Jesus Christ. Nobody else was there to bring me along, to heal me, to cleanse me, to put my head back together, to bring me to a place out of all the darkness that I had seen to where I could talk about this. I'm telling you, if you believe right, you live right. If you have grace, if you swim in the ocean of grace, you will never go wrong. Mm. And the Bible will reprove you. The Bible will talk to you. The Father will help you. The Father will prune you. You will have uh, gifts of the Spirit. And you will do more and more. Mm -hmm. But it's all because of Jesus. Not because somebody told you you had to do something to make Jesus activate. That's where it's at. Mm -hmm. Grace is grace and truth. That's who Jesus said he was. You know? Mm -hmm. The fall came from one man. Grace and truth came through one other man, the second Adam, and that was Jesus. And we are done. Mm -hmm. That's where we need to be. And I think that's where Free Indeed stands. And we'd like you to stand with us because it's true. And I hope that this stretches people, Brandon. I hope it makes people ask a question. Well, why would I want to believe that? My church tells me this, and this is what I believe for 40 years or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. even a year. Well, step back. And get rid of the religiosity. Get rid of the denomination. And let's see what Christ has to say about the stranger that you're getting ready to go talk to. Right. Denominations didn't exist for the first 300 years of church history. Right. And, but get, and keeping on with what I was just saying, when you're thinking about the person you're going to go talk to, if you just think about a stranger, or you look across the room and you see a stranger, and you ask yourself, okay, well, what do I want to do in this message? Uh, what if these guys are right about this grace thing? What if I approach that person with grace? What is that going to do? What's that going to look like? Th- that, that's going to feel awkward. But why not give it a try? Mm-hmm. Instead of coming with your battle axe list, you know, and making them come to the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to condemn them all the way to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. It didn't work for me. I don't think it'll work for anybody else. Yeah. We started laughing and now we're <laughs> talking about battle axes. And <laughs> <laughs> but we have to grow from these things and that's okay. If people listen and learn and start grasping the right way of believing, which was what Jesus came to do, which was to uh, s- save the world, 
not condemn it, and that grace is where the power is at, then we stop seeing people as them and us. We stop seeing enemies, and we start seeing God's creation and that we are called to reach out to them and show them his love. Yeah, it just takes... All it does is take away your pointer finger. It does. It it takes takes it all. The, is that the, person saved? Well, I don't know. Judging? He hasn't accepted Christ. Well, that's not what I asked. You know, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. It, it really gets rid of a lot of our our human tendencies. I mean, the Bible is just so clear. I mean, if you break us down to what the Bible says, then we are just we are walking love, and <laughs> we are walking grace, and we are walking outreach ministers every one of us mm. but when we start throwing up these religious walls and start creating these little lists and little booklets you have to hand out and get them signed off so that you can say look uh, 10 people got saved when i talked to them this week how do you even know that how do you mm. know they didn't just say something to shut you up how do you know and then you and what does that do for you really so mm. let's keep god's work in god's hands the cross is owned by him alone, Christ, mm -hmm. not by man. And we are not here to mete out God and salvation to the other parts of creation of which we are equal and guilty and dirty. Mm. And we're not here, we're not accusing anybody either, though. Oh, no. Because, you know, we the way we're talking, yeah, we just, we just really want to stretch thinking out of, you know, just want to stretch the corners of the box. Because <laughs> till it breaks, yeah, <laughs> get out of the box. Well, let, let's let God break the box. Right. But yeah, I I lived there, and I really wrestled with the idea of, oh man, I didn't tell that person this. I, I've I've really dealt with that. Like I I shared the gospel with somebody, and then I don't know. The next morning, I realized, oh crap, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him about sin. I, oh man, I really hope that guy's saved. And then I would go and ask people, <laughs> and they would just say, "Well, did you get him to pray the prayer?" Like, yeah, but we didn't pray about sin. Well, just just leave it in God's hand, you know. Just uh, wow, <laughs> that's just so <laughs> twisted. I'm, just leave it in God's I, hands, I and maybe He'll that. bring somebody along who will bring them to full salvation. I'm just like, I had serious unrest about that. Who wouldn't? Yeah, how painful. There is so much pressure on you to perform. It's all about performance. Yeah, you were trying to perform God's salvation, Christ's salvation on this person. That's not you. You can't. You, you're just the same as they are, you know? So we can't perform salvation. So we just hope you, everybody listening, will just go out and... And, and, and stretch that imagination. And of course, in our world, um, look across the table at those that you don't think are acceptable or that have always been an offense to you and realize that they're not an offense to Christ, that he, to God, because he created them and he wants them in his lap with a full relationship. Mm -hmm. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And let us let us know what's been going on in your life. Just let call us or text us, email us, Facebook us, anything. <laughs> Even if it's hate mail, you know, we we want to hear from you and just we we'd love to hear what's going on. Is this stretching you? We want to hear grace stories. We want to hear 
life stories. We want to hear from you and just what God is doing in your life. So thanks for listening again, and just go out today and change someone else's mind about God. Thank you for listening to Free Indeed Radio. Send us your prayer requests, comments, and suggestions to freeindeedco at gmail.com. We would love to hear how the Lord has touched your life and rejoice with you. Don't forget to sign up to follow us by email on the website and get our app from the Google Play Store. Free Indeed is listener-supported, and we invite you to come check out how you can support us through our website at www.freeindeedco.com. Free Indeed Ministries believes that your tithes belong to your local church, and we receive your donations as offerings to support the mission of Free Indeed to advance the gospel of grace throughout the world. The Lord bless you as you go into your world and change someone else's mind about God.